a drill sergeant. I will assess each individual in their efforts to become a highly motivated, well-disciplined, physically and mentally fit soldier. You know, when we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! What you just heard was G.I. Jane and her uh, video vignette that took place during the WOW. You will talk about it a little bit later on. Hey, folks, this is Mr. Green, and you are listening to The Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling with me. I just said my name, so I won't do it again. Uh, this is episode 38 in review. The title of the episode is No More Running. And of course, you know, as I have been doing in these last few episodes, I probably will branch out and start talking about some of the other wrestling, specifically some of the other women's wrestling that's been going on and taking place around the uh, the country, um, and sometimes around the world. I've been uh, I've been checking out Stardom. Uh, just as a side note, I've, I've been I've started to check out Stardom a little bit more. Um, Good stuff. I, look, I understand that there's going to be some people out there that are looking at it like, ah, well, I need an English, you know, translator or commentator or this, that, and the other. But I will say before going into it that just because it's wrestling, you could probably follow a lot of that just on the body language. Remember now, in the Japan presentation of it is is a little less promo driven and more driven by what goes on in the ring. So. If you are just in the mood for a match, you know, just just to see some people work, I would say, you know, give give Stardom a try if you haven't. Um, also, uh, I know I brought up a couple of uh, events that were taking place in the previous episodes, but one I know has gone up and now is available for you to watch, and that is the uh, crowning and the tournament for the Southern Fried Championship Wrestling's first women's champion um, some of the people in the tournament you you probably know if you if you watch wow one of them you definitely know so um, that is up on their I was about to say website uh, YouTube channel uh, so and it's, it's up in its entirety all brackets all matches including the bonus match that features uh, MLW's Kruger going back home that was his home promotion before he got signed to um go to MLW, Major League Wrestling. Um, and he returned to form. He returned to his original name as uh, Logan Creed. And uh, you get to see him and uh, Crystal Rose, Brooklyn Creed. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Who else did they have? In there? Uh, Danny Jordan. Some of y'all probably know her from uh, AEW, even though she's changed her look. Uh, Jazzy Yang, the daughter of the former WWE superstar, uh, Jimmy Yang. Cat uh, Spencer, who's been featured on on my channel, uh, as as a, a good number of them have actually. Now that I'm saying that out loud, so 
Uh, not to go through the entirety of it, but yeah, if you are looking for something different just to kind of uh, cleanse your palate a bit, uh, you can give that a try. So let's get into it. I don't have a lot of uh, promotional things to do today. I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody out there saying, thank God. Um, so we will start with the episode, and this is how most episodes, and they all kind of kick off the same way. They got to do the recap. And they go back through the schoolyard brawl, and they showed you know some the bad camera angle for the glue spot for the main event, and then they start talking about the main event for this show, which is uh, for the tag team titles, uh, and the debut of a uh, another young lady with uh, a surfer gimmick. And wow is never going to give that up. Yeah, uh, from glow to wow to pretty to wow present day, they they are never going to give that surfer girl thing up. There's always got to be somebody who runs around on the beach and they have to have beach related names like Summer and Sandy and Callie Ray and Sandy Shore and all that other nonsense but uh, speaking of that uh, there was a reason I brought up Callie Ray now some of you out there might be saying well who the hell is that exactly Callie Ray was a young lady who was on WOW primarily throughout their unaired season she did get on the show I mean, uh, as far as being able to say that she had a match and she did some uh, maybe two or three episodes, maybe. But all of that to say is that she never showed up on television, television. I'm I'm not even sure why they brought her up. Anybody that was looking at that and aware of, uh, who she is, it's probably a good chance that you, they are a hardcore Wild fan. They watch everything that Wild provides, everything that Wild puts, you know, on television or otherwise. So, if that is the case, then I guess that would that would have been for you, you know, that if they mention a name. But for the average person, for the for the people that started watching this show because it's on again in uh, syndication this is where you would have been lost like who, who are they talking about Callie Ray I ain't never seen no Callie Ray well yeah you haven't seen Callie Ray and you probably will not see Callie Ray if you want to be able to see her then you need to go and uh, uh, gosh where, where was she She Pluto TV and they may be still on the CW she is there in one of those matches, but not very, you know, she didn't do anything of any great significance. Let's just go ahead and put it that way. That There was no big thing like, oh, yeah, Calorie's involved in this feud or this, that, and the other. I, I honestly think she was in maybe uh, two episodes, maybe. I I am I'm almost floored. <laughs> Just thinking about it, it's like I I'm racking my brains right now because I only remember her from the like I said the lost season of Wow. Um. Anyway, let, let's let's go off into it. The, the reason I brought that up, like I said, the, the commentator Dave McLean specifically, uh, pretty much had the absent Callie Ray kind of. Uh, for lack of a better term, endorse 
Sandy Shore into going to WOW to represent the uh, the Beach Girls, I guess, because all of the Beach Girls they're hanging together. So, nah. Sunshine, Sandy, Summer, blah 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 blah, all, all of them from 20 years ago to present day, they all know each other. And like I said, my note after I heard it was like, what's the point of saying that Callie Ray? endorsed anybody most fans that's watching this now would know who she is this first match is the entering sandy shore taking on robbie rocket this is her debut match now one thing that wow has done and begun to do better is the debuts do not uh they don't go the same way that they did <laughs> we'll put it that way they, they do not go the same way that they used to go they used to just, hey, we're having a debut. I'm ready to be in WoW and come see me, guys. And then they go directly out there and lose. Usually after some sort of massive buildup that you just like, what, what, what was the point of this? You know? So we have Sandy Shore, who is entering WoW. Taking on Robbie Rocket, who's been there for a couple of weeks. Now, this is one of those cases of WoW can really allow you to forget certain people even exist because of how the show is structured and, and how some people rotate every month or so in or not. This is one of those cases I'm like, you probably have too many rustlers for your own good. I'm sure... David McLean and others do not view it that way, but just just watching the show, like you probably have more people than you need. It's just I don't know. But anyway, this match takes place with no preceding video, no build up, you know. And lo and behold, without the build up and and without the interview and all that stuff like that, Sandy Shore wins. They have a pretty decent match. Robbie Rocket is a wrestler beyond the uh, realm of wow so not entirely um inconceivable that she could that she could have a decent match i want to say she's probably about a year into it and and if it is true that they said aj mendez found her and brought her in then you know good on on mendez for getting this young lady she she does uh look good in the ring but for that matter so does sandy shore i mean i i Gimmick aside, I, I think that she also did good. It's this is one of those cases. I, I think I said it with with uh, Robbie and and Gianni. This is one of those cases that I can see if they actually put some time and they put some effort into the match that they could probably get a decent feud out of it. You know, like you know, I'm not saying do a best of seven or something like that, but I could see if they did if they gave them time and they gave them matches. I do not expect them to get the time, but they may get the matches. Uh, Robbie Rocket at one point is, in this match performs a just a, a beautiful suplex. I mean, she there was like great, great execution on that, and it's it's towards the end of the match. So if you're looking for it, just go for like when she's she's got her opponent in the corner, she pulls out, and she it's like she had to muscle her up, and then then it's just boom, and it was it just. It's simple, but it looked good. Uh, that wasn't enough to get Sandy Shore down, however. And so Robbie Rockets 
pretty much in her face looks like, okay, well, we'll just try it again. She gets her up off the mat. She goes for another one of those, you know, highly, wonderfully executed suplexes. But Sandy Shore shifts her body weight, rolls it into a small package, and scores the win. And scores it out of nowhere. And the beautiful part is that Robbie played into it. Robbie, the look of her face helped sell this entire scene, this, this, this entire match. It's like... Holy crap, I can't believe she just got me out of nowhere. Like she wasn't supposed to win. And, and I can go for that I, because we haven't seen Sandy Shore before. She's coming out of nowhere. Robbie Rock was, was a new face also, but she's got a couple of weeks on her. And she essentially was on, on the rise to some degree, but uh, we haven't seen her on television. So I guess it's... Uh, you know, I don't want to say it's a it's a, a moot point that she's been there for a while. We I would like to see her more often, but we didn't, so we'll just we'll take it for what it is. The point being is Robbie Rocket, although not a vet, it is a wild superhero and and theoretically should have been better than and defeated uh Sandy Shore. Uh but Shore wins, like I said. Uh, this was not bad. I, and, and my last note on that is please follow up. Because if, if if she just wins and then she disappears, then there's no point to this. Uh, but as, as of right now, I am going to hold on to the idea and the hope that they will come back and revisit this or revisit Sandy Shore and not just have her just randomly pop up and, you know, and disappear. The next segment had a video package of the Fabulous Four building for the main event and the tag team titles. Um, the editors did a lot with a little here. They did a lot with a little. What I mean by that is that the feud that they're trying to highlight and illustrate, um, the Tonga Twins versus Miami's Sweet Heat, they made it look like it was longer than what it was. But when you really look at the entirety of their feud, I mean, their feud was, first off, it kicked off several months ago when they were both the finalists in the tag team title tournament. So you got footage there. Before, or I should say before, after that, their next real confrontation was in the four, well, I keep saying four, eight-person tag that featured the Fabulous Four versus the Island Dynasty. That also, you know, gave some some interlock. But outside of that, and and maybe a couple of verbal things, it wasn't really a a big deal. You know, they they didn't do a whole lot against each other. I'm saying they they both were on TV quite a bit, but as as far as a few goes, I. What else did they do? They they had those two instances, and uh, and that's pretty much it. We come to this now, and, and that's been months. That's been months. You know, you, you talk about going back to maybe October when they started this off. And so they, they got weeks and weeks and weeks in between these instances. But I guess this is, uh, this is the way it goes for them. Um, but good job on the editors. Coming back around to the next segment, we got G.I. Jane making a comeback, apparently. 
This vignette looks good. It actually shows Jane in training. It shows her digging through the mud and crawling underneath barbed wire. This looks good. I am not entirely sure whether Jane uh, in her actual life is um, involved with or has been involved with the military at any any given point. I, I do not know if that, that's the case. She would make a believer out of me if she did. Either she's a good actress, good in this role, or she legitimately done it. I mean, so I don't know which one it is. I don't know if she's legit in the military or was. I would imagine that she isn't now. But uh, I am going to assume that she isn't. I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing. I don't know, but she looks good and she looks the part, and that's that's what's important here. Um, clearly green, but I, I gotta admit, to, I like it. I like her. I like GI Jane, and, and if there ever was a time where I was like Chantilla Chella was used properly, or or it gave me the inclination, like ah, I get why she's there. This was the match. Uh, this is the match. I still don't like the name, but this kind of justifies a lot for me. So we go into the matches, G.I. Jane versus Chantilla Chella. The commentators at least addressed her being there without Samantha Smart, which was, um, I want to say it's it's, it was nice. It was nice to have some kind of continuity. It was nice to see that, all right, well, they, they understand that somebody out there probably needs this explained to them. And so... Where she is, what, why she wasn't with Samantha Smart, why Samantha Smart isn't there now. They didn't go into all of that. They, they, they just addressed the fact that she's here, she's back after being gone for a while, and now you know she's back and there's no Samantha Smart with her. Uh, but, yeah, she, Jane looks like she <laughs> absolutely was or could have been military. This starts off with Jane. She she's in full heel mode. Now I don't know if I want to have the camera on these knuckleheads that's out in the ringside, giving her crazy eyes and whatnot. I, I'm not expecting every person to be afraid of her, but but I'd also don't, wouldn't want her to come off like a joke either. And that's kind of what it is when you have these due to no fault of her own. You know that's because of the people that's out there in the front row just being stupid. Uh, but she she looks good. She looks good in the part. And then we got uh, Chantilla Chella coming on out, doing her dance and all that good stuff. And when she where she goes, then Dave McClain has to intervene or, or at least stick his nose into the intro. Oh, my God, it's Chantilla Chella. I wonder if I'm going to get the cape today. You know, all that stuff that he likes to do. And then, of course, when it happens, we got we to gotta push the cameraman over there so, so we can see them goofing off with the cape. Uh, I don't know where that that is going, but apparently this is the uh, ongoing deal between Chella and and Dave McClain because he's got to be on TV somewhere somehow. Uh, this match starts off in comedy, and it it worried me when it did that. 
the comedy was they had Shantella come up to Jane, I guess essentially, I don't say face to face, but she was she was dancing as if saying, hey, come on, try to dance with me. You know, get loosen up and have some fun. And Jane's looking at her, and she doesn't break. She looks stern and yells at her. She gets in her face and says, get down. And, and I, I I don't remember if, if she was, she literally said, get down and give me 20 because it wasn't mic'd all that well in the ring. So what I'm going to assume, because this is what I hope happened, <laughs> I hope that Chantilla Chella was just doing that to try to be funny rather than follow orders. And Jane, when she goes down to do push-ups, just gives her a kick in the back. And, you know, then she starts doing her heel stick. But... If you are looking at this, you can see the greenness of Jane. And again, regardless of whether I, I um, endorse or like her or not, you can see it uh, definitely within certain spots of the match. First spot that you see it is, is that Chantilla, um, she's about to go for a move that Jane isn't prepared for. <laughs> she isn't prepared for, so she has to kind of like readjust it. This is at the beginning. This is when she comes off of um, the doing like two arm drags. It looks like Chantilla is about to go for a super kick or a drop kick. I'm going to assume drop kick because that's what she did later. And Jane was not prepared. She wasn't in, in the spot for her. So Chella had to readjust, push off the ropes, bring off the other side, then give her a drop kick. Is those moments like that in the match? I'm like, yes, this is what Chantilla Chella needs to be. Or Ray Lynn, if you like me, because I like her as Ray Lynn. But this is where she needs to be because she is capable of pulling a match out of her, even when Jane wasn't fully ready to do the match at that speed. And it shows. And like I said, if there's any time I would say that she's earned her keep, this is it. And it, But it, it's visible, and I'm sure that it should not be quite as visible as this. Uh, but it... Still, it, it all works out. Now, the other thing that I had in this match, or at least in my notes, is that I thought they killed Jane's finish, but I retracted that because it apparently meant that they are swapping the finishes. Now, originally, when Jane finished off somebody, I think it was uh, uh, Big Rig Betty, she did it with what they call the World's Strongest Slam, which is basically a standing power slam. Uh, she did that same move here to Chella, and Chella kicked out. So I was like, oh, okay, they just, they've just they killed the finish already. But I think that they've gone on to a different finish altogether. So we'll go into the match. We'll, we'll keep looking and, and uh, tell you how that went. Um, Jane got the opportunity to come off, not like a badass, but she, she comes off as stern and uh, very direct. And, and in some cases, a little stiff. But for her, I wouldn't say this for many other people, for her, the stiffness works. Her not being, you know, as fluid or having that kind of body motion that, you know, other people do in the ring, it works for her. Uh, and that's probably just because of her persona and the uh, aggressiveness that, that she likes to portray. So, towards the end, you got Chella. She's coming off and she's attacking Jane. She's giving her 
a series of kicks. Now, at some point, you can see that Jane's, not Jane, uh, Chella is instructing her as she gives her the, the series of kicks. Now, the only thing that really saved that here is that when you watched it, the ropes at some point got in, in the way of Chella where you could not see her mouth, at least not all of it. So the last thing that we got here is that Chella goes for like a, a roundhouse kick. Jane ducks it and gives her a big, nasty boot into the chest, like bam, and just drops her. And that was it. Mendez named it the boot camp, which is fine. But the point being is like, okay, the big boot to the chest, new finish, and Chella put her over. She put her over clean as a whistle, uh, probably as you know, doing as instructed, but she she put over clean as a whistle and and Jane, as rough as she was, she she looked good. I'm I was all for it. This I hope will be the start of something new for her. And even at the end, even at the end when the referee's trying to raise her hand, she's like, Don't raise my hand. You know, she she just she's just being mean. And I was like, okay, yes, I I like GI Jane. I like that she's that she is portraying herself the way she is. She's, she is in her gimmick, and I love it. The next match, Chainsaw with Angelica Dante taking on Steffi Slays. Now, in between that, the the next segment, not the next match, but the next segment was uh, them cutting a promo with Steffi Slays. Uh, well, I should say Chainsaw and Angelica Dante's promo for, for this match. Uh, one thing I wrote down is when was the last time we even seen them? When was the last time that we have seen Chainsaw or Angelica Dante? Not and, but or. I looked back. It's been a month and a half from this air date to when we've seen her last. Month and a half. I mean, just think about that. I said earlier, it's very easy to watch while and forget about people. And this is one of those moments. It's easy to forget because it's been a month and a half without any real explanation as to why. And that part I really didn't understand. It's like the explanation is right in front of your face. How are you not using this? Uh. Now, I will say um, at least they acknowledged this as well. They did say something to the effect of, oh, yeah, you know, she's been gone for a while. Now, that is um, useful, but they didn't explain why. My thing is that they had a perfect explanation, just like I said, ready to go. Chainsaw's last Two or three matches have all ended the same way. Once Dante got a hold of her, it was disqualifications. She choked out Ozzy. She choked out Keita Rush. I, I can't remember if she did Candy Crush right now, but a couple of times in a row, her job was, wasn't about winning. She was just putting in abuse. She would hook them up into this double choke, suspend her opponent off the off the ground, or off the mat, and that was it. She would not let go. It was about inflicting punishment, not getting the win. And that is a perfect opening right there. 
the last one you have, you just, hey, Chainsaw was suspended for six weeks for her actions of ch- deliberately choking people and, you know, whatever. This would explain why she was gone so long, why she's able to come back, and why all of a sudden now she is wanting to win, or at least listening to the instructions to win, because it might be a case of, I, you know, I want to, I don't want to get suspended again. Or at least my sister doesn't want me to get suspended again. So Dante is out there just giving her instructions, giving Chainsaw instructions. This is basically a squash match. This, this was here as a showcase for Chainsaw. Um, much like G.I. Jane, the fact that she is Chainsaw plays into or helps that if she doesn't have a fast match, it still works. Because she's not supposed to be fast. She didn't look fast. She's a, she's somebody who's convinced herself she's a monster of some of, of some description. So she doesn't need to be running all over the ring, you know, the ring and all that stuff like that. She does not need to do that. All she needs to do is be the monster that she is being. Slays, unfortunately, drew the short stick this week. And got put into the ring with her. But with Chainsaw, the loss, I don't think, is is as bad. It's not like she's just out there losing every week anymore like she used to anyway. But with Chainsaw, like there's, this is one of those cases where you say there's no shame in the loss. No one's been able to, to really dominate this woman or beat her or you know abuse her. Like, <clears throat> I think... Candy Crush might have been the last person to pin her. But no one's been able to, to handle this new version of Chainsaw. So Slay's losing is nowhere near a, a problem here. One of the things that I will say needs to go into the plus column with Chainsaw, the Chainsaw and Dante pairing, because I'm assuming that they are no longer involved with the monsters of madness or the dark side or the demons of the deep or whatever you want to call them, Siren and Holiday. We have not seen either one of them in her corner or in a vignette with her or anything since it took place or since they, they kind of separated from each other. Uh, so I can only assume that officially the uh, dark side, we'll call them that, is a tag team and and chainsaw and dante are just are just appearing now uh dante of course as the manager and and she is a manager who is interactive she's standing on the outside and i there's not many times i'm going to say this but if you have not seen chainsaw and her outfit audio would not do this justice Audio alone would not do this justice. First off, she's got... <laughs> Chainsaw has a sick, and you can take that in, in either turn that you want, figurative and literal. She has a sick apron, which is representative of... Uh, I, I'm trying to find a nice way to put it. It's not, it's not that I know it. Look, it's, a, it's supposed to be somewhere along the line. It's supposed to be like human flesh. Like, I, I couldn't find another way to really describe that. And so, yeah, it, the, the, her apron is supposed to be like human flesh, and it 
it's got uh, pieces of faces <laughs> sewn into what is supposed to be the apron. You got an ear on there. You got like three uh, different faces that have been flattened out and are just on this apron, uh, allegedly stitched in <laughs> to whatever. Um, and Dante is out there holding this and through the apron that she's using, because there are faces on it, remember that, Dante is instructing uh, Chainsaw from the outside. I thought this was great. She is out there pulling on the ear of the apron, so Chainsaw pulls on the ear of the of Steffi Slaves. She's outside, like, raking the eyes of the closed eyes on the faces, so Chainsaw rakes the eyes. She fish hooks the nose, and and Chainsaw fish hooks the nose. I, I was like, this is the best use of Chainsaw and Dante that I have seen. I, I and it's unique. How many? We, I've never seen a manager do that. I've seen managers give like codes, or you know, uh, type on the computer, and they're supposed to get it that way, and they show them the screen. I mean, I, I've seen different variations of managers do a lot of different things but i i i don't know who came up with it i don't know if it was dante herself i don't know if somebody told her to do it but bravo to them that's 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 the best i can say bravo to them uh this was this was what it needed to be stevie slays got in there and she she took the squash again no shame in this here it fits because Chainsaw should be a monster. Very few people on this roster should be able to beat her. Uh, it's, and I forgot that uh, Dante even telling her out there, like, biting her fingers and all this. Stuff. I was, it's a short match, but I, I will admit I was thoroughly entertained by Chainsaw and Dante and Steffi Slays because, you know, everybody in there was working. Everybody in that ring was working. Uh, she did get a couple of hope spots that her, she being Steffi Slays, you know, you, you gotta have the moment where she tried. Uh, the only thing that I would have added to, to the match is that there was a point where Steffi gets up on her feet and she, uh, is trying to knock Chainsaw over. The first time she runs into it, she gives like a, a double, a running double axe handle, like, almost like in the, almost a clothesline, but not really. It was like I said, it's kind of a double axe. And Chainsaw absorbs it. She just takes the hit and she stands there. And then the next time that Steffi does it, she knocks her over. Now, the only thing I would have changed in that is I would have asked, like, make her work to knock you down. Don't go down off of the second or the third. You make her work to knock you down. Uh, that is the only thing I would have added because I, I just think it would have been a bigger pop. I think it would have been a bigger moment if Steffi had to really struggle to get her off her feet. And, and oddly enough, Sometimes that one thing is all the pop that the babyface needs in certain instances. If Chainsaw had never been knocked off her feet before and Steffi was the first person to do it, then you know she probably would have gotten something bigger than that. But that was never kind of established. It was never established. That never took place. She's been knocked off her feet several times, and she's been beaten. The that's where Chainsaw kind of falls. The plus side of Chainsaw is, is that Dante being introduced 
somewhat reinvented her. Her being separate from Holiday and Siren also somewhat reinvented her. Uh, they, I wish they explained that she was leaving and the reasons why, or you know, whatever the case may be. But you know, it is what it is. So she gets her off of her feet, does uh, slays, and she is growing into a great underdog. She is just again. Uh, I, I can't say it enough. One of those people that she needs to be someplace else and, and wrestle against some other people if she has not started to do it. She could be so much. She's she's getting good, but she could be so much better. She could be so much better. So we have um, the, the finish of the match. Well, we've got Chainsaw, you know, getting back up to her feet. And it's kind of staggering. Like I said, Steffi worked to get her down. She charges in the corner and she tried to get Chainsaw off with a monkey flip. She could not do it. Chainsaw's too big and too strong. Uh, she, she being Chainsaw, slams Steffi off of the top rope after choking her out. But this time she does, she breaks. She doesn't hold it indefinitely. And then she yanks her off the off the top rope. Then she does the same move that she got disqualified for with, with like two or three other people. She hoists Steffi up with the, the double choke. But again, she does not hold her indefinitely. She just does it enough to get a good slam in and tosses her down. Does it again, picks her back up off of the mat and gets another double choke and just blatantly in front of the referee chokes as hard as she can. But she breaks before the disqualification. So we get the impression that Dante is out there giving her instructions. Like, okay, look, nope, you want us to win? We got to win. <clears throat> Slays is down. Chainsaw gives the old 747 finish. For those of you that old school, you know that was from the one-man gang, which is just a running splash. So she drops on Slay. Slays is out. One, two, three, we're done. Uh, I, I probably talked longer than that match took place, <laughs> but um, it, it it was a fine match. Like I said, there, there's it's nothing spectacular there. It's nothing uh, uh, so unique that like oh you have to see this. But at the same time, like I said, I was thoroughly entertained by it because everybody did what everybody needed to do. Chainsaw worked how Chainsaw should and needs to work. She worked like a monster and she remained working like a monster. So, no no complaints here. I will reiterate, Wow should have explained her absence with the suspension, following multiple chokes on multiple wrestlers. I mean, and they had the footage, that that's the thing, they, they had the footage that could have easily backed us up. Her choking out Ozzy, her choking out Rush, her attempting to choke out uh, Candy Crush. These moments would have helped solidify that Chainsaw was off the hook. But now because <clears throat> while management has come in and said, hey, look, you can't be doing this. We suspended you for six weeks. We're letting you come back in here now. But this choking's got to stop. And you could have Dante. It's like, okay, we will, we'll stop. Now, now I'm going to. You don't know what kind of punishment you just unleashed on everybody because now 
she's not just going to beat him up. She's going to win and beat him up. And next thing you know, we'll be in line for the title, yada, yada, yada. You know, something, something along those lines. Uh, so we have that. And uh, not Dante. Uh, Slayers goes down. Match perfectly fine. Uh, the next thing that we got is we got a preview for a new WoW competitor, that being Ariel Sky. Um who is a wrestler on the independence? She's probably just getting started here. If you want to look her up, I think her name is Nikki Duke. And that's one K and two I's in Nikki. N-I-K-I-I. I know it's kind of a weird spelling, but look, I I didn't make it up. That's that's just how she uh how she spells it. I forgot to make one note about G.I.J. So I'm going to rewind myself back into this. You know, I talk about how I like having uh, these conversations about wrestling with coworkers of mine. And um, yeah, one of them came up to me, particularly this one. He watches WoW, like I said, because I watch WoW. And he watches... Um, Kind of vaguely, he's not he's not super deep into it, but he finds it entertaining, and you know, it's like he can watch, but he's not going in there like ah, I got to go online and and find out who's what and where's this next person going to be, when are they going to do the next show? Was it, you know, he's not so far gone into it that he has to get all the information. Um, he is a casual viewer at best. He enjoys what he sees, and you know, he just kind of moves on. But we were talking about the show, and I t- brought up G.I. Jane. He's like, oh, yeah, I saw her in the music video. And I go, what? <laughs> you saw G.I. Jane in the music video. Are you sure? He's like, yeah, 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 she's in this music video. Now, now uh, full, I won't say full disclosure, but bear in mind, yes, he works with me, but, he's, uh, but he also works as a music producer. He's, he's always into music. He's always watching. He's always listening to it. He's always trying to catch a new sound and all that stuff. So he, he just loves that. But he was looking at a video and he said, no, I, I saw G.I. Jane in that. Now, my initial reaction to that was, no, he couldn't, you couldn't have saw Jane. You saw somebody who you thought was G.I. Jane, but you didn't see G.I. Jane in there. He's like, no, let me pull up the video. So he pulls this video up. If you are looking for this, I may put it in the link below, but if you're looking to see it, and this is Janelle Monet. She's in a Janelle Monet video. Uh, the, the music is, is, is fine. This is a great song. Uh, but the song is called Lipstick Lover. If you're watching the video within the first 60 seconds, you can see someone in the background that looks like G.I. Jane. Uh, but you cannot verify that off of that portion of the video. However... Within five seconds of that first minute into it, they have a straight-on close-up of her face. And at that point, it's like, hey, okay, you got me. That, that's, that is absolutely G.I. Jane. Now, if you want to see what this video is about, then you know, go, go check it out. You can interpret it for yourself. I mean, it's, it's a lipstick lover. And it's a party that features a 
disproportionate amount of women to men <laughs> in this in this party. I would say there's probably nine women to every one guy, maybe there. But now that would sound great if you're the guy, but I don't think that they were the uh, the uh, uh, objects objects of affection within this particular environment. Um, so yeah, she at a minute and two seconds. G.I. Jane is there on screen full on. So, again, it comes back to, like, I, hell, maybe she was in the military. Now that she's out, maybe she's just wilding out. Maybe she wanted to be a video girl. I don't know. Uh, this is not uh, uncommon for wild superheroes, particularly wild superheroes who are only in the business because of wild. It is not uncommon for them to be doing other stuff, particularly acting-oriented. It's always the, oh, well, you know, <clears throat> so-and-so is on this. I mean, wrestlers do it all the time. But you're more likely to get that off of the girls who just uh, are only trained via WOW. The ones that are trained elsewhere and the ones that hit the road and and do the shows, the indies, and you know maybe some TV tapings in, in different locations and different promotions – um, they're a little less likely to appear in so loud. I'm not saying that they won't, but they're a little less likely because they're generally concentrating on being the best wrestler that they that they can be. Nothing wrong with any of this. Whatever path that these young ladies choose to take, that is their path to take. If she can do both of these and still be competent in the ring, that is absolutely fine. Uh, I just thought that I, I would share that because the same way it was shared with me, it just, just kind of blew my mind for a second. It's like, oh, holy crap, G.I. Jane is, you know, playing it up and being sexy and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, you can. it's Janelle Monet Lipstick Lover. It's the official music video. About a minute into the video, you'll see G.I. Jane's face. And you 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 can see her throughout at the end. I think she's making out with some guy in, the, in, in like the, on the patio or something like that. So, uh, and 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 before I before you go jumping over there to see somebody making it, when I say that I was like she just kissing them. This it's not like they getting down and dirty, even though this video implies a lot. So 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 let me just say that this video it has a lot of innuendo. It has a lot of implication. Uh, if you are you know kind of shy about things like that, maybe you might want to skip that. But if you're not, and if it doesn't bother you, then hey, have at it. Go go check it out, and you'll see uh, Miss G.I. Jane. Now, I still like me some G.I. Jane. I want to see them do something with her. Uh, and and matter of fact, her and Chainsaw, not together. But yes, I would like to see them, you know, have some, some moments with these people. Maybe this is the new, next wave of Wild Girls, because some of them got to be walking out of this company by now. The way that they, you know, never show up on TV and what have you. Anyhow, let's go to the next thing. Next segment was advertising for a new wild girl, Ariel Sky. Uh, she looks good on screen. We'll see how good she is in the ring later on. But my note here was another one. They hire so many. Why so so many? You you've only got an hour show. And I, I mean, I did. I crunched the numbers one time. And. I understand the need to have slightly more people than you require. 
But they have so many people, and they've only got an hour. Less than that when you account for local and national spots. And I talked about it when I, you know, when they first went up. There's like 40 people on their roster. You know, that doesn't sound like a lot, but when you put it in perspective, because I, I believe at the time that I did this, they were only like 15 or 20 people less than AEW had officially listed at the time that I wrote this list initially. Now, granted, that was uh, in October 2022. Um, but, and I'm sure that the numbers have changed since then, but keep in mind, AEW has two different shows, three shows now. At the time I was doing that, it was Rampage and Dynamite. They had four hours of television a week to utilize people who were on their roster. WoW does not have that. And that goes back to what I said at the beginning of this, is that it becomes so easy to lose, to just forget. It becomes so easy just to forget who's on this, this show and who isn't. As I'm looking at this list now, I, I picked it up. I keep all my wild notes near me while I'm on, while I'm talking or doing a review. As I'm looking at this, there are a couple of people who seemingly have just vanished. Uh, I mean, Adriana Gambino, we know she's she's gone. Apparently. And I don't believe that there's any sign of her coming back. Uh, Wrecking Ball. Is she coming back at all? They advertised her, but then they turned around, which is why I had such a problem with them trying to make it sound like they were forming some brand new team when the second that that match was over with, it's like, oh, yeah, she's returned to the wasteland. I was like, why? Beast has been out injured for for weeks without any appearances or promos or anything like that to remind people that she's around. Uh, who else do you got there? Malaya Hosaka, I, the former front person for Exile, we haven't seen her in a while either. And Crystal Waters, <laughs> Crystal Waters was a joke. She came in, I can't even say she came in. She was at a show that they recorded, and she had one match, and she vanished. And they tried to, you know, like Crystal Waters, oh, new wild girl. That I will go down in flames over that. That is the hill I will die on about. That is the worst episode of Wild that has ever been produced. Episode 25. It is, it stands as the single worst episode of wrestling that I've ever seen. Well, yeah, episode, not not pay-per-view. Because they just couldn't bother to to try and fill in those plot holes, and they just had to use that 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 particular show because it was at the L.A. Comic Con, and we can't get rid of it. So we'll just edit this thing out, and we'll promise a main event that we can't deliver on. But anyway, I'm about to get myself worked up talking about that episode. But anyway, the point being is that they've got a lot of people that have come into WoW and then have 
<clears throat> been on their roster, but they don't have the time to be able to feature these people. And they they appear and they disappear. And you can't even keep up with this. Is They're so far gone that by the time they come back, it's like, oh, man, I forgot this person was there. Now, in Chainsaw's case, in Chainsaw and Dante's case, you might have, they probably could get away with that because of, <clears throat> because of how she's being utilized. Now, it would have been better if they had, like I said, if they explained this with a suspension rather than her just disappearing. If, if it was a case of, boom, you know, at the end of a show or the next show, like, you know, here's a a report on, wow, Chainsaw has been suspended for the next six weeks for unnecessary choking and, you know, not following, whatever, however they want to phrase it. They could have gotten around that. Now, everybody else that just vanishes and disappears and doesn't show back up and then you then they pop back up on TV and you're like, where, did they, where, where were they? I... I I understand that they try to do the video packages to remind people and they do these recaps to remind people, but something else needs to be done. That's all I can say. Something else needs to be done. Uh, this episode has been fine and I've enjoyed all the stuff that I saw, but something else needs to be done to keep some of these people in the mind of the viewer, particularly if you have people who are leaning into being your main eventers. They have got to have some shine on the show, uh, even if it was it's in taped interview segments, something. They got to do something. Sorry about that little ring that you heard. That I just hit my uh, microphone stand uh, by accident. Uh, so, yeah, this is uh, this is one of those things. Um, we move on to our main event. The main event here is what they prepped for earlier. This is the uh, tag team championship match. <clears throat> they prepared a history package for this, and it is is very well produced. Like I said, whoever edited this particular package. I felt like they did a lot with a little. Uh, they made this feud seem bigger than what the feud technically is. Um, they included promos that were good and specific to the event. You know, that was that's always been kind of one of my big issues there is that sometimes they'll start doing promos but they're just vague they're, they're just generic promos aimed at everybody you want a title shot well getting along you know they're, they're not talking to any one person but here they were they were they were addressing the match which was good uh and they're both into what they're doing this was treated like a big deal and the video package did it, it disproved the vicky Lynn theory that whole thing that they did with, uh, well, you know, she's the glue that holds this team together. I mean, the whole the, the faction together, and no one would have these championships without Vicky Lynn. This video package immediately disproved that. Because, as I've said for weeks, Vicky Lynn wasn't even in that company when, they, when Miami's Sweet Heat won the titles. So you can't keep carrying on about how she's the glue and she helps. I mean, 
she helps, and that becomes evident later on. But there's no need to try to recreate history and tell this narrative of, oh, well, yeah, Vicky Lynn did that. Vicky Lynn helped bring all that. Vicky Lynn's responsible for them having a championship. Without Vicky Lynn, they wouldn't have these titles at all. You know, that, that is not necessary. All that was necessary is what happened here. Vicky Lynn intervened, but we'll get into that. So, <clears throat> this match starts off. We got uh, the Tonga Twins who come out, you know, first as the challengers. And then we got Miami's Sweet Heat that follows. Miami's Sweet Heat and, and uh, Lana Starr. Lana Starr comes out from the entranceway with the, um, uh, the two belts. Miami's Sweet Heat comes from behind and they attack uh, the Tonga Twins and they put them out of the ring. Now, that in and of itself, yes, good heel move and they, you know, it fits for what they're doing. What didn't fit is that they didn't take advantage of it. Like they bumped them out of the ring and then they immediately just stood there like, yeah, look at us, you know, and uh, give us a belt so we can pose with it. Which in my mind is like, well, that kind of defeated the purpose of attacking in the first place. Like if, I, if I'm not going to try and take advantage of, of the advantage that I just created for myself, then why go for the advantage? They, like I said, they pretty much put them out of the ring and then they just stood there with, with the belts until the Tonga Twins got back in there and now they're fighting them face-to-face with, without any cheating or attempting to cheat at, at that particular moment. So, yeah, it, it, again, it's like, well, what was the point of attacking them if, if we're not going to take advantage of the attack? But that aside, the match is fine. We, we've got uh, four young ladies, two sets of twins, and what they probably are missing amongst each other is that they there's no real big epic match between the two. The matches are fine, but the match is always almost always six to eight minutes. That's that's just the way they structure the matches because that's how their show runs. They 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 do four matches per show, with the exception of one episode, the one that I hate, and. Uh, I, the matches to accommodate the time frames that they do on the average. There's a, there's a few exceptions, but on the average, the uh, matches are about six to eight minutes. Um, Miami's Sweet Heat did what a good heel team would do, and they bumped around a little bit, and they made the Tongans look mighty and strong and nearly unstoppable at points <clears throat> which you know that that's what your heel team is supposed to do i mean they they kind of they kind of did what was necessary to help push the narrative that the tonga twins could or and or should be the champions i uh, did there was a few minor Moments where, like, the camera cut and it's like, okay, there might have been a miscommunication here or something. But all all that aside, I mean, the, the Miami Sweet Heat did a just took a beating after the after that initial attack, uh, particularly the blonde one. I can't think of it. I think she's Laurie, but I I can't remember which one's which. 
That's how I am with twins. I it just I was like, I don't know. Um they got them into the ring. Now I think the the one part that I was like, I don't know if I would have necessarily done this because it seems like a babyface spot, is where one of the Carlson twins, uh, the one that was stuck in the ring, manages to break free of that. One of them, one of the Tongans, I'm going to say Chaos, charges in. She catches the foot as uh, Laurie's against the ropes. And then the first sister charges in. She pulls rope down, and then she goes outside. The second sister charges in. She pulls rope down again, and then they go outside. That seemed like a, a reversal of fortune where that, was, that should have been a babyface spot opposed to heel. I mean, because it just kind of makes the babyface look stupid that we're going to charge in twice. But it did set up for the twins to do the twins. Both of them are twins. I keep I keep saying that. It's just hard because I'm normally used to having one set of twins in a match. But Miami's Sweet Heat, it set them up to be able to do running sentons off of the apron to the floor, which gave them the turnaround or the advantage. Uh, so that was their first big break where they could kind of go in there and and now we can heal it up and we can take advantage of the uh, Tonkins. Again, good match, entertaining, and they uh, put a lot of the heat on, I think it was Kona. Kona was the one that got caught up by the uh, Miami's sweet heat at this point. Uh I wish they didn't do the catapult spot because I've never liked the catapult, but because it always seems like the other person has to force themselves up in order to throw themselves across the ring. Uh, but you know that's that's kind of minor. That's that's nitpicking. And I I will admit. So I think the the, the turnaround point is when Laurie holds K, uh, uh, Kona in a full Nelson. She gets her sister to come in. She charges, tries to nail Kona with a forearm. Of course, Kona moves out of the way. And then the, the Miami Sweet Heat set of twins nail each other. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I hit you. But in, I want not fairness, I, but to give them credit where it's due, they did not do the old typical, we're both down, you tag your partner, I tag mine at the same time. They actually made... Kona on screen work to get that tag because even that because normally that would have been the spot where the tag takes place they cut her off they even though they nailed each other they still managed to cut her off and then put her right back in their corner and they started taking advantage of her again so I thought that was was really good and hey you can almost say that there's some there's some male tag teams out there that can learn from that uh, they did a, a double shoulder block on Kona. wasn't enough to keep her down. And we got Chaos sitting on the outside. She is just, you know, waiting, chomping at the bit for her sister to get free and, and make this tag. Uh, she's struggling and she's struggling and she's struggling. Finally, Kona is able to get free of, I guess, Lana. Gets free, goes off into the ropes, ducks underneath a clothesline, nails it with a, her variation of a spear, and Miami's sweet heat is down. K, uh, Kana is down. 
and her sister is waiting, like, you know, trying to get the fans into it. Now, I will say the fans probably did not do this match any justice here. The match is fine, but the fans out there, there's a couple of times they just look like they were just sitting on their hands. But that could just be because of these marathon tapings that they do. They might have just been tired. I don't know. So the twins are in, God damn it. The, the, the Tonga twins are in there and beating or, or at least reclaiming the advantage. <clears throat> belly to belly on Lana, I guess. And her sister comes in, jumps up, gets an elbow right across the back. And this gets to the point where you can feel that the Tongans are about to score the win. We set up for their finish. Lana Star comes up on the apron. No, 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 don't do that. And then from behind comes Vicky Lynn McCoy. She sets up for a spear, nails one of them. Then the other twin drops uh, 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 the members of Miami Sweet Heat so she can try to address Vicky Lynn. But too late, she turns around. Once she's dropped, McCoy nails her and then hits her with her uh Tornado touchdown powerbomb. That sit out powerbomb that she does. So in this case, Vicky Lynn McCoy actually helped them retain the titles. She didn't help them win, but she helped them retain the championships because of the disqualification. It was a blatant, it was a blatant hit, and the referee disqualified them as soon as uh the spear went across and she nailed them. Ask for the bell. Ding, that's it. You're done. So, this, going back to the Vicky Lynn statement, these are the moments that speak for themselves. She does that enough times, the commentators will not have to beat people in the head with, and they only have it because of Vicky Lynn McCoy. Vicky Lynn McCoy is the glue, you know. Do that afterwards, after she's actually shown that to be true. That she's the glue of this, or that she is... What she says she is, she's the enforcer. And if you're going to go through, you know, if you're going to win these belts, you're going to go through me first, or at least you're going to try. So all of those things um, lean into the match. We've saved the championships. The Tongans put on a good show. They win, but they didn't win the tag team titles. The Miami Sweet Heat lose, but they didn't lose the tag team title. So this continues on. Uh, the, the only thing that i concerned with here is, like, I hope that they do not run this into the ground. I don't know whether or not this is um, some sort of long-term thing that they want to do. Like, ah, oh, we're going to go from March. I mean, not March. We're going to go from October to October, and they'll win it in the fall or whatever. But uh, <clears throat> the Tongans at the end of this may have saved this match because outside of this promo, the match itself was fine, but it felt like, okay, this should be some sort of blow off. And where are we going to go from here? They just lost again. Or, I mean, I should, shouldn't say they lost, but they did not win the championships again. Uh, it's... It felt like this would have been it. The promo that took place afterwards saved this. 
in my view, that, that that promo saved it because it still let everyone know our intentions. Yeah, okay, you got by us today, but we, we're not giving up. And this isn't verbatim, but, you know, that's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, you got us today, but we're not giving up. Those titles belong to us. We've been cheated out of those championships. We should have them now. But you keep doing things to cheat us out of it. So we're going to come back, and we'll come back hard. We're not going away. That that promo pretty much saved us. My other question when I saw it was, okay, well, where's the rest of the Island Dynasty? What happened to them? Where's Tiki Chamorro? Where's Leia Makoa? They couldn't come out there to help them fend this, you know, I guess this person. Or just, they couldn't come out there and help with that, fend Vicky Lynn off or something. Why not? You would think, knowing that I am walking into an environment where I have an entire team to contend with, that you would want as much help as possible. But that was not the case. And they just kind of moved on. Where is Tiki Chamorro? Damn, you know, now that I'm thinking about that, where has she been? Like after that championship match, I don't know if we've seen her since then. I I, I think I need to look. (laughs) But, you know, as I'm looking, I will reiterate the point. This goes back to what I've just said. It's so easy to forget where these people are, who, you know, what are they doing? Okay, so maybe it just feels like a longer time than uh, than it's been. It's been dude, almost a month. Well, that's why it feels long. We're three weeks. We haven't seen Tika tomorrow. In three weeks. Uh, Not since it aired on May 13th, episode 35, The Underdog. Since that point, I don't believe, as I'm going through my notes and looking at the match lineups and all that good stuff, I do not believe that um, she has been on TV. And I also have to say, I know I've been saying Lana for the the Colson Twins, I meant of Lindsay and Laurie. I say Lana because Lana's out there. She's the third L, but Lindsay and Laurie is what is who I meant to say. So yeah, it is it becomes very easy to forget about people. You know, they they just kind of you know vanish and disappear for who knows how how long. Uh so yeah, we we move on from that. That was just a little side note. Um, as, as it hit me, it's like, I don't know where this person's been. For that matter, the other two members, I mean, Makona, I don't think we've seen her in about two weeks. Now, that's not to say that she will not pop back up because you never know it while. They'll just, hey, so-and-so's back or, you know, whatever. Now, <clears throat> in any case, with all the... Uh, Rigmarole with with the uh, um, uh, Fabulous Four and I guess what's left of the island dynasty. 
the Tongans are trying to keep themselves in the conscious of the wrestling of the wild fan watching this, that they're still going after the championship. So good on them. And honestly, I have to say that they have gotten better and better with the promos. Um, I can only imagine how good they might be because it sounds like it comes from a place of the heart. But I can only imagine how good it would be if they had more time to really talk things up. If they really had a chance like, okay, we're going to sit down and, you know, we give you two minutes to tell the world what you feel about uh, the Fabulous Four or Lana Starr or Vicky Lynn, or, you know, whatever. If they had something to dig their teeth into, I can only imagine how much better this would be. So we have that. And that was the show. The uh, Miami Sweet Heat retain. Um, the Tongans tried to uh, keep their their ranking, I guess, so to speak, that we're, we're coming back, we're going to win the championship. We had Sandy Shore defeat Robbie Rocket. We had G.I. Jane defeat Chantella Cella. And we had Chainsaw defeat Stevie Slays. That, that, that was a pretty decent show. I would say this is about a good B. The only reason I wouldn't go so far as to say an A is because Robbie Rocket versus Sandy Shore, G.I. Jane versus Sam Tillichella, Chainsaw versus Debbie Slays, though all of those were decent matches. They didn't have anything uh, underneath it. But in some cases, you could argue that, all right, well, they didn't have anything underneath it, but it's setting up something. It could be setting up Robbie Rocket versus Sandy Shore the way that Robbie Rocket um, ended with her eyes like I can't believe this just happened it could be uh, the start of G.I. Jane on her first streak or whatever the case may be as a as a singles and, and undefeated in singles uh, Chainsaw with Dante versus Slays I mean what can I say about that that I didn't say it, it's not going anywhere they could have made it go somewhere they could have roped it into a story they didn't uh so as it is it, this was a pretty much a standalone match but still enjoyable still very enjoyable and then you had the uh you know the main event the tonga twins versus miami sweet heat and the twins the tonga twins won they just did not uh acquire the tag team championships along with that win which is unfortunate but I guess some people something to look forward to. Um, the pros of this is G.I. Jane really fits her personality. And I wrote Chainsaw C. G.I. Jane. Um, Angelica Dante, she's into the manager role. Even though my, my note here was, you know, following me saying into manager role, I said also not much so much of a manager as a handler. Like she feels like she's. You know, walking a wild animal to the ring which is fine it works um but the the promos in it that were included in the tag feud and the finish of the title match those things i thought were really good the cons was while this proves their own theory about vicky lynn there's little to no build on the tag match you know only the promos and the personalities even came close to saving this they could have used except an, an explanation for chainsaw's absence those were the notes that I put down as far as uh, these particular shows or this particular show. 
I'm not gonna say shows, but that it is the thing that this particular show, in my opinion, could have used. Well, we have gone through quite a bit, and I I really want to thank you for tuning in and listening to the rights and wrongs of uh, Pro Wrestling Podcast with your host, Mr. Green, and. If you are so inclined, feel free to go and like, share, subscribe on our YouTube channel. If you just want the audio version of this, you can probably get that off of our YouTube as well. But if you can't, then what you need to do is you go to WPNWrestling.com. It's WPNWrestling.com. And a bit of a revamp on it right now. Um, There's some things that I... um, there's some things that I want to redo on the site. Uh, I mean, it, this, this isn't super important. I just want to share it. Uh, because I was asked to do an interview with uh, an MMA reporter. Because I you know, I, I have a... It's not my primary thing, but I've talked to a couple of MMA uh, young ladies and, and what have you. And I put the interviews on these platforms but I, I never went really much further than that apparently she tracked me down and and wanted to talk about it and, and that kind of inspired me to like you know what I probably should just make this official and, and have a page within the women's person network that can be dedicated to outside wrestling forces if if uh, that makes sense just people who you know I don't want to say just in the wrestling because they were famous but people who um, uh, people who um, trying to find the right words not into wrestling put it on my page as fighters so, so let, me, let me rewind all of that I want to revamp it because of the interview it inspired me to want to uh, include fighters on the page and maybe on the stream at some point, I'll probably, you know, I might include some legit fights. But I, but I wanted to put some some profiles up there and uh, uh, some some different fights, different interviews. So for those of you who are into MMA, uh, that it may start expanding in that direction if you are so inclined. I was I was having I couldn't think of what I wanted how I wanted to describe it. So yeah, sorry about the little you know fumble there, but that's basically what it comes down to. So. Um, when you, I have some old interviews uh, that who are people who aren't necessarily wrestlers, like um, ah, gosh, what was her name? Uh, Kia. Um, she is a MMA fighter, and, and I, I have a interview with a bodybuilder that's on there as well. Uh, football player uh, Susan Cash Dollar. <laughs> she now nah, she sounds like a wrestler, Susan Cash Dollar. But I, but all of those things to say is that it's just another layer that's on the on the website that I'm gonna be trying to work on. So if you are one of those uh, individuals that has been very nice and gone to our website, of course you can also download the the audio version of this. If you have not done it off of uh, YouTube, you can also go there. Like I said, go to the website and download everything. is all collected in. in one spot so we will see as time goes on will i be able to get this thing updated and recrafted and revamped the way that i want to you know fingers crossed so with that little update i want to thank 
everyone for tuning in and listening to me carry on and and review the uh, week-to-week episodes of Wow Women of Wrestling. And I know I sometimes I know for some people I come off like I give it a hard time, but I you know calling it like I see it. And I and I give the credit where it's due. Again, this particular episode is a B. And it only gets the B for me is because there wasn't a lot of stuff outside the main event that really had anything underneath it. Not nothing bad, but it's a lot of cold matches. If they if it carries on from there, then I would say retroactively, I would probably give it an A. But as of right now, it's, it's a solid B show. Enjoyable, but the first three matches in theory could be missed because there was nothing you know leading into it now you don't every match doesn't need to have anything led into it every match doesn't need to have some sort of uh, epic feud or something like that every match doesn't need that it's just nice when there's something there for people to kind of attach themselves to alright so with that ladies and gentlemen I want to say that this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long and we will see you on the next go round. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.